Welcome to the Leading International School Teams podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Ernest. Each episode is designed for administrators, teachers, and others in the international school world to be able to share stories, experiences, and innovative ideas that are taking place around the world. Additionally, I hope to be able to share some personal stories of success and some struggles that I've faced along the way. From time to time, I hope to have some special guests who will also be able to share their stories. My goal for each episode is to create an ongoing discussion about how we as educators can create meaningful growth experiences for international school communities. The list for each episode will consist of three parts, the warm-up, the main event, and the cool-down. I'm glad you're here. Let's jump in. All right, team, bring it in. Glad you're here. It's time to do the warm-up. I've had the privilege to live in the United States, Afghanistan, Uganda, and now Bangladesh. All of them with various challenges and all of them for various reasons on why school might be shut down on a particular day. In Mississippi, we would have school that was shut down because there was snow on the ground. A half an inch, an inch, didn't matter. Mississippi's closing school and we're going to make that up, probably extending into the summer holiday. Afghanistan, Uganda, and even Bangladesh are relatively similar in the sense that there are various reasons on why the school might shut down for government or political reasons. Maybe we make those days up, maybe we find another way to do school as a one-off, but ultimately, none of the places I've lived have had extended school shutdowns. The bonus episode we're talking to you today is dealing with the coronavirus. Currently, China, other areas around Asia, schools are shut down for extended absences, some of them with no end in sight on when they might be able to go back to school. Teachers, students, administrators, all spread across the globe trying to do school. Some schools had a great plan. Some schools didn't have a plan, and some schools were just modifying a plan that they had from SARS or other outbreaks or other political unrest situations from earlier in the past decade. Today we're going to talk to Hannah Day. She is a high school social studies teacher from the International School of Beijing. It's her first year in China, and she talks about the details of not only getting up to speed with Chinese applications and platforms that are allowed within the country, but then also now using some of that technology whenever she's not face-to-face with her students. It's an impossible situation for anyone, but Hannah Day talks about how she and her team are making it work. Hey. It's game time. This is what you came here for. This is the main event. Hey team, welcome to the Leading International School Teams podcast. Today we have a bonus episode that deals with uh, virtual learning and emergency or extended situations. Today on the show we have Hannah Day, who is coming from IS Beijing, and uh, she's not in IS Beijing. And I want to give her a chance to kind of talk about her path to international education, and then we'll kind of jump into what her current situation is 
and we'll kind of talk about uh, the realities of teaching uh, extended online learning, maybe whenever you're not even near your school. Uh, so Hannah, uh, welcome to the podcast, and I thank you for taking time to join us today. Yeah, thank you. Um, no problem at all. Uh, so I work at ISB in Beijing, and this is just my first year there. So before that, I worked at Oberoi International School in Mumbai. Um, I did my, before that, that was, so I spent three years there teaching eight, nine, and 10 um, individuals and societies and uh, IGCSE, history, social studies. Um, before that, I got really lucky. I did my student teaching at the American School of Bombay. And um, I really, super interested in the international teaching world, didn't know it existed until this like opportunity arose. Um, at University of Northern Iowa, that's I guess it's a really big thing. Sure. So uh, yeah, I decided to jump in and decide to stay abroad and um, spent three years in India. I was ready to kind of try something new. Um, so now I'm in Beijing teaching grade nine and 10, grades nine and 10 social studies. Um, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been great. Um, right now I'm in Phnom Penh uh, because the, my flight didn't get canceled yet, but um, there was some hinting that the flights would be canceled. So I decided to stay in Cambodia for a little okay. while while school was shut. So. All right. So talking about uh, your current situation in Phnom Penh, um, I would assume that there was some break for Chinese New Year. Maybe some people went on holiday, yes. they traveled. Yeah. And during this break, uh, maybe the school or the government announced that there would be this kind of extended break at this point. Um, uh, I'm guessing that's how it went for IS Beijing from what I've been hearing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a, yeah, they basically just said, uh, online learning for schools to start on whatever day they were supposed to get back. Um, okay. the original thing was that it was going to be two weeks and now it's, we're in a little bit of an unknown, which is waiting for the government. Um, yeah, there's estimations everywhere. So who knows when we'll uh, be sure. back, but yeah, we were on Chinese New York holiday and it, um, yeah, we're and I, and I think, if you want. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that many people are um, struggling with is just this idea of, you know, I, I want to be home, where, wherever home is. And uh, I want to be mm. back in my classroom or I want to be with my students or I want some element of something that's normal. Um, and I think people are dealing with just mm. the flexibility of the situation of, of not knowing. Um, and maybe that's maybe one of the more difficult things about uh, various people who are in this situation. Yeah, um, you know, in China, WeChat's huge, and we have um, WeChat groups with, uh, you know, 200 some staff, and it's definitely the feeling is that people are just unsure, and it's because even the government's unsure. So um, the school's been really supportive in like, do what's best for you, do what you think is going to work for you and your family. Um, for me, I was a little nervous to get on a flight, uh, considering the outbreak, and I knew that I could work from here. So yeah, a lot of people have had to make some tough decisions in these last few weeks. Um, sure. So. With, with a lot of people being on break um, and the announcement kind of coming while people are on break, I would imagine there were people who didn't even have work materials with them. You know, I don't always travel with my school laptop or I don't always travel with, you know, certain um, school things that I would use from day to day, especially in this context. Uh, has there been any information on your end about teachers who were in that situation or students who were in that situation that I can't really complete online learning right now because my laptop's in Beijing and I'm in France? Yeah, um, there was a, that was kind of one of the first messages was that if you're not going to be home, um, there, 
series of forms to fill out, like Google Forms, not Google Forms, uh, Microsoft Forms, sorry, uh, to uh, kind of just let people where we are, let admin know where we're at. And then they reached out, helped them get laptops. This happened to my friend. They were on vacation in Thailand, and then they decided to go back to the UK, and um, the school helped her get a new laptop to um, be able to do work. So they've been incredibly supportive and ready for that. Like, they were ready to, to deal with that in an instant. Um, I know that that's a situation for teachers. I'm not quite sure about families, but. Sure. Um, because we're dealing with, you know, several different things here. We're dealing with how's the school supporting the teachers where they are? How's the school supporting students where they are of all ages? And then also you've got parents um, because cool. ultimately you have parents who are still in their full-time jobs, ideally, depending on where they are. But then they're also working with their kids at home who are also doing an eight-hour school day. Um, and it's a very difficult thing for schools to kind of manage, especially in an emergency situation. And, and that leads me into asking you, uh, you know, have you ever taught doing um, online distance learning before, whether it's just a virtual learning day? Have you ever practiced this? Has the school practiced this? Um, and how prepared do you think you and the school were leading into this situation? I think with it being like my first year in China, it was definitely, um, the systems were not, I was not as prepared as I think other teachers would have been just because I'm not, I, I was used to using Google Classroom like in India and um, some other applications that I don't sure. really have access to. Sure. Um, you know, I didn't have to think about downloading a YouTube video, right? And now I have to download it <laughs> and upload. But um, yeah, I think there are a lot of us, we do use a, an online um, medium with the kids and you know, a lot of us coach. So we have done online learning with the kids ready to go when we're out coaching sports or out at music festivals or out on PDs. So I feel like for a lot of us, it's, it's not, um, it's not completely brand new. We've done this kind of thing before, but now we have to have systems for taking attendance. Um, we have to try to have systems where we can have kids collaborate. And so we're trying new things like we're using zoom, um, trying to get kids in chat rooms to, to show like we have a Socratic seminar planned and we don't want to ditch that because it kind of goes really with the skills that we need for the unit. Sure. And so um, we're trying to find a way to do that, but there's a lot of people in our school who have, tried and used applications to do these things virtually before not in the same kind of uh, emergency situation but it's been really great to get that information shared easily um, lots of tutorial videos lots of emails to reach out to people um, and a almost immediate response from the tech team to help us in supporting trying to do trying new applications so sure here uh, here in Dhaka um, we do have virtual learning days that are scheduled throughout the year um, but okay, ultimately, cool. they're, they're planned, right? You know it's going to be on March the 1st, and you know exactly what classes you're going to have, and you have so much lead time to plan for that perfect, you know, virtual day uh, that your students can be engaged in. Um, but it's a completely different whenever it's uh, an emergency situation and it's not planned, um, especially in many schools who were in China that they were on holiday. It's a whole different thing. Um, and my question uh, now would be like the communication from the school. You talked about how the school was being very supportive and how they had like check-ins with you and the leadership team definitely is working on um, reaching out to as many people as possible, being as accommodating as many people as possible. Uh, did the school have a plan in place before this or the school is kind of developing this plan as they go? What, what's your sense of that? Um, I reckon they're kind of using some of the stuff 
they might have used uh, from the SARS outbreak. Sure. So, um, although I wasn't around for that. So it seems sure. like the communication is that, you know, this is new for us. Um, we're doing, you know, we're, we're kind of working, I think they're working, carrying both ends of the candle. Um, they're uh, working tirelessly on it, uh, on making sure we have systems and that we're, they're getting feedback. That's, I think that's the best, most like a comforting part for me is that they're getting feedback from us constantly and addressing that feedback sure. as soon as they can and sharing that and then making adjustments based on the feedback. Cause like originally uh, we had, uh, sorry, oh, sorry. Go for it. You got it. Keep going. Yeah, originally we had some office hours scheduled from like nine to noon Beijing time. Uh, and they, they did tell us like, we're going to figure out what this looks like. And it was, it was tough for people who were in different countries who also had kids. So, you know, they would have to wake up early to do the work and then they'd have to help their kid do the work. Um, but they've been flexible. They actually just kind of came out with the thing is like, here are a couple options. Can you just make sure, you know, you're communicating with your, the parents of your students that this is the time you're around so it's been a lot of flexibility and um yeah it's it's been really good i want to i, I want to get into that maybe a little bit deeper talking about the different options and um there there's a lot of do we do synchronous do we do asynchronous do we offer these office hours and, and it sounds like uh is beijing is is trying out some of those and using the feedback from various people to figure out what works for them um, and maybe you can talk about uh, what that's looked like in your context. You talked a little bit about originally having the office hours, but where you are, what's maybe working right now for you as far as the structure, um, how you're communicating with your kids, and what are some expectations that you and your kids have of each other at this point? Yeah, I think I'm quite lucky that I'm a high school teacher and that I am in a time zone that's only an hour off. Um, Originally on Sunday, I sent out a form for the kids to fill out, just said, which city are you going to be in? Do you know how long you're going to be in there? Any more details? Um, so I kind of grouped them by time zone. So I knew if when I check um, the e-learning, so e-learning has to be posted by 8 a.m. And if I check at 4 p.m. and I see that, you know, so-and-so hasn't done it, well, when I look at the time zone, well, yeah, it's because they're in America. Um, give them till that America 4 p.m. Just okay. to check and uh so it's been kind of that's what's been working well for me is I feel like I, I was I collected some good data in the four like before kids had things to do, um, so I've been basing attendance and communication with parents based off that so I can be a little flexible with them. Um, I think I, I guess I'm just lucky that I'm in Asia. Uh, I think that's why a lot of teachers decided to actually stay in Asia is for the time sure. zone. Sure. Um, it just makes things so much more convenient because a lot of our admin are in Beijing right now working so it just makes it so much easier to get back to them but I also have a team where one of one of my team members is in the U.S. one is in Beijing and one is in the UK uh, and we've made it work WeChat has been <laughs> the staple of making it all work sure so, absolutely yeah yeah um we're going to take a quick break Hannah um and then after the halftime I want to jump into some of those things you were talking about as far as um, work being completed at a specific time, uh, talking with uh, department um, uh, members or team members, um, however they're phrased at IS Beijing, um, and being collaborative in that nature. So uh, whenever we come back from the halftime, we'll kind of jump more into specifics about what's working, what's not working with you. Um, but definitely, we appreciate you joining us. We'll take a quick break. Hey team, it's halftime. 
And I want to say that I am excited that you're taking time to join us on the Leading International School Teams podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please share with your friends, family, and colleagues. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on the web at leaninginternationalschoolteams.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's jump into the second half. Hey team, welcome back. Um, just before the break, we were talking to Hannah Day from IS Beijing about um, some of the things that were working, um, some of the expectations that she has for her students. And I want to dig into that a little bit deeper. Whenever it comes to assessment, um, definitely she mentioned that there are some deadlines that students have to complete work by. And ultimately, there's got to be some flexibility there. Um, and definitely with kids in different time zones, maybe that's where some of that flexibility comes in. But just the expectations of completing work and um, being able to properly assess and properly give feedback. Uh, how's that going for you, Hannah? Um, it's been going pretty good with uh, one of my grades. I'm using OneNote really heavily. And so it's been, I I'm quite new to OneNote. So this is a little bit of a crash course, but it's been good for me to check in with them um, and give them like important tasks to do things, uh, little labels there in order to kind of keep contact and keep um, making sure that they're actually completing tasks. Because we have, each day there should be some sort of evidence of attendance, right? Um, okay. so, so that might not be something that goes in a grade book, but it might just be a, like answering questions or it might sure. be a discussion post uh, or it might be a voice recording response to, so to feedback. So it's been going really well with the applications I have. And so I, I think, I've always been a little flexible with deadlines with my students anyway, as long as there's communication, because sure. I think it's tough. It's definitely tough for high schoolers. They're not, they don't, they haven't fully developed these skills yet to, to have perfect executive functioning. So <laughs> sure. um, they're, they, as long as we've been communicating um, and I've been trying to be on it once I hit that 4 PM of their time to send an email and say, Hey, I've noticed that you didn't do X, Y, Z. What's can I, what can I do to help you? Do this and and for some of the kids it's that I have to email them the expectations because they don't have a laptop with them and so I email them a, a mod uh, not a modified but like kind of a sure. altered version of what they were meant to do right. so that they can respond in the email and I'm still knowing that they're getting the essential learning until they can get the materials they need to to complete the work so uh, Hannah and continue with that is you mentioned like daily check-ins for attendance is there any expectation that you ever have like a face-to-face -face with your students mm, there has not been the expectations set I it's been encouraged I think admins been in office learning has been really understanding that we all like zoom is new to us and I think sure. they knew that they can't just throw us in the deep end and just say, okay, figure it out and you have to do it. So I really appreciate that because it gives us some time to, to play around with these applications and try them sure. with each other first before right. we can kind of um, throw our kids into the deep end without being able to be there to support them with it right away. Sure. Um, so there's not an expectation. I, I wonder if there might be. Um, I think right now it's this point where they're kind of like, let's share our success stories with what we've been doing. Absolutely. To, to encourage each other. We have a WeChat group in each department and each department has somebody from the Office of Learning tech team with us to support us. So they're on constantly. We ask quick questions. I've asked a few like, hey, I want to try this uh, or can somebody send me any videos on furthering my use of OneNote, those kind of things. And they've been incredibly helpful. So I think if we, we continue to have that, a lot of us are going to want to do those face-to-face um, -face sessions if we can. 
Yeah, and even continuing with department meetings or grade level meetings or reaching out to other staff members, it sounds like you have a great structure on WeChat for that to happen. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you're definitely able to bounce ideas off of each other and uh, receive feedback about how you can take your skills to the next level. And I always think about uh, one thing in this situation over the past week is I bet tech departments everywhere are loving it, right? You know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're pushing all this tech. Yeah, they're pushing all this tech integration all the time um, into classrooms. And sometimes teachers are very uh, reluctant to, to try things in their classroom because they've had things working a certain way for a certain amount of time. And, and now teachers are going to come back whenever this ends with all these wonderful tech skills. And the tech department is going to be like, dun, 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 you know, there it is. Um, so like tech departments everywhere are like, yes, it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let, in, in jumping off of that, uh, let's talk about some things that are really working for you, Hannah, um, as far as like um, uh, whether it's applications or just how you're communicating with students. Let's get into like the, the bones of what's working for you as a high school social studies teacher in this context. Um, I think what's really working is that uh, <laughs> I luckily did this before Christmas break. So Christmas break and then we had a two and a half week break uh, session between Christmas and Chinese New Year, I worked really hard to set a little bit more um, positive community norms with my kids. Of, I, I was having issues with deadlines, basically. And I was having issues with kids kind of like, oh, well, if it's not graded, I don't need to do it. And, and I worked hard for those two and a half weeks to get some more um, motivation towards doing things, um, even if a grade isn't attached. Uh, getting some excitement towards the new unit. Like I, re I felt like I really hooked kids into this unit. So maybe I'm a little lucky that they were really excited to continue the work. I had kids doing it within like the first 45 minutes of when it's posted. Sure. And I was really like, it, it made me really happy to listen to kind of what the kids were doing and that they actually um, were kind of moving forward with it at home, even when I'm kind of not on, on them saying like, okay, come on, okay. And mom and dad don't have to, you know, push them to do it. They're actually really excited to do it. Um, I think taking the time to set those norms before that happened was a really good um, thing for me. Um, our use, we have one application called, uh, well, it's, it's kind of off of Moodle. It's called, we call it Dragon's Exchange. Yep. And, you know, we have spots of, uh, in school, spots of people who are really, really good at using Moodle, using Dragon's Exchange, and spots of people who are, like, still learning. Um, I definitely learned it in the last week and a half, learned how to make modules and learned how to set up a proper like asynchronous online class on that. Sure. So now that I've really got that sorted, it's been so much easier and it feels like it's super easy for the kids. Um, there's like a scheduler in order to give the kids a task on like on their calendar that pops up for them, even if it's not an assessment. So okay. it's been, it's been really nice using the applications we already have set in place. And like I, I know I said this earlier, but, I'm just extremely thankful for the tech team we have. Like that's been working really well just to be able to, they've been reaching out to us with ideas. It's not overload information, but it's also, uh, it's enough and it's useful. It's useful apps, useful things that they know that, okay, you, you want to try this. So here's an option. And sure. it's been simple, simple enough for us to follow and learn. Um, so I think that's been working really, really well. So just as you've been uh, speaking in our conversation here, I'm just going to list off some applications or um, some technologies that you've listed uh, that you're using uh, to connect with students. Uh, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, OneNote, WeChat, email, 
this dragon exchange. Um, and it sounds like all of them kind of have their own function and their own place. Um, mm. Are there any other yeah. ones that you can think of maybe this past week that you've tried that you said, you know what, this app really worked for this purpose? Yeah, um, Flipgrid has been amazing, although yep. there's spots of kids not being able to use it, but our tech team has been really helpful to get the kids back on it. Um, and, and, and actually, Flipgrid's been really responsive as well to teachers and students who've sure. had problems. Um, between using Flipgrid and Loom, L-O-O-M, okay. is also yep. a good like screencasting, because uh, yep. I was screencasting off of QuickTime for a while, and people, kids were like, oh, it takes 12 minutes to download your five-minute <laughs> video. I was like, oh. And so somebody mentioned, hey, how about you try this? And it worked so well. Loom um, is Loom great. is good. I used to use Screencastify, but now I don't have Google, so I, yeah, I use Loom. Um, hmm, what else? That's, like a pretty, that's a pretty good list, yeah. Hannah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, waiting. I, I I'm hoping for, I can try some more things, though, soon. Like, really. For, kind of for one week, <laughs> I definitely think you've been on it, for sure. <laughs> um, so let me ask a couple more questions. Uh, what, what advice do you have for others who are in this same situation that you're in? I, I think definitely um, flexibility has got to be your number one. Um, it's Yeah, I think planning that kids are going to take we, we have an expectation that kids should be doing about 45 to 60 minutes worth of work um and then you could assign maybe 20 minutes for the homework so that feels like an 80 minute block right sure. um and i think understanding as well that it's going to take kids longer and getting feedback from kids on that i've, I've been trying to collect them i said you know I've emailed a few said hey can you tell me how exactly how long it took or i've i've in the instruction said set a timer for 15 minutes which is also a norm that i already had in my classroom for homework before we left for the break, but I think that's, that's been helpful. Um, I've got some positive responses from kids and parents in that, that they feel like, okay, my kid's not super overwhelmed and it's realistic and it seems manageable. Um, I think, yeah, flexibility, reaching out to those people who can support. I think sometimes there's, like we have support teachers, like my, uh, I have EAL support and learning support in my class and um, reaching out to them and, and you know, it's utilizing for planning and assessing has been wonderful. We also sure. have some really good norms between each other, but I think sometimes uh, they want to know, like, what, what, what can they do? Like, what can we do to really support you? Like, what can we do to support, like, share with us every, every stress that you're having so that we can see how can we mitigate this and, and tackle it as a team. So it's, it, you've got to kind of come together as a team. Um, sure. And maybe I'm you, just lucky that I've got some good people. <laughs> you, you mentioned the, the timing and the structure of the lesson and the balance of homework. Um, anytime I've done a virtual learning day, uh, I've tried to be really conscious of how much time is it going to take my fastest kid to complete this and my slowest kid to complete this. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm planning for an 80 minute lesson and I know that my slowest kid is going to take all 80 minutes of that, I probably need to do some tailoring to that. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's an interesting balance. So I'm glad that you're getting that feedback. Um, from students, how long did it take this? I love the idea of start a timer, right? And homework's going to take 15 minutes. And at the end of 15 minutes, be done with it, right? You know, that, that homework, we can yeah. revisit it. We can do something else. Um, because many cases, uh, things we've been reading is, you know, parents really don't want their kids on screens all day long. But in this case, there's not much of an option, yeah. right? And then the other thing is teachers being told, You've got to deliver online learning, which requires a 
screen and there's got to be some balance there for for everybody and maybe designing some lessons that aren't necessarily attached to a screen um you know this is what i really need you to be doing but go and do that in a different context um and then another thing uh yeah. working in breaks for kids um making sure that they're not just going like straight through do they get that normal 15 minute break that they you know need are they making sure that they're taking time for lunch um, are they going outside and getting any sort of exercise at this point and just being very conscious of those things. And in, and in some cases, maybe that's not possible. Maybe their city, wherever they are, might be on lockdown or there might be bad air quality where they are. Um, but ultimately having the understanding of kids need some sort of balance during this time as well. And it sounds like you have a, a good understanding of how to make that manageable for students. Yeah, it's, um, I think all the things you mentioned, I was just thinking about the page our counselors have set up as well for students and parents for support for those kind of things is this that this can be a very overwhelming time and they do need the break. I mean, treat it as they would a school day. So they get those breaks, they can have lunch, they can, they're not staying up till midnight doing the work. And it's, yeah, it's still a very somewhat, um, some semblance of what school would look like, except you just have to be at home. So. Sure. Uh, just a couple more questions, Hannah. Um, feedback from your parents. How, how closely communicated are you to the parents of your students? Um, or are you only communicating directly with like the school and then like the student? Or are you also getting some feedback from your parents as well? Yeah, um, I did. I've, I've had a couple of parent interactions in which I've kind of asked like, hey, I've noticed that so-and-so didn't fill in my form in the beginning. Where sure. Can you let me know where are you guys so I know? Um, and I found out, oh, they're in lockdown in, you know, country right, right. Z. Like, you know, so I found out that they, they don't have access to a computer right now. So, or um, there were some I said, hey, I want to know, like, how come, you know, this kid isn't doing this? What can I do to support it? And I think coming at it in that way has been very helpful instead of a punitive way of like, so-and-so has not done the work, right. doing the work, and because we have to be flexible at this time. Um, but the feedback I got from a parent the other day was like, well, this is where we're, we're keeping note of all of his, all of his work. Um, and, and I realized most of the classes are doing it and I wasn't, I wasn't assigned, I wasn't putting it in the, in the place, uh, it should have been so he could get a notification for it. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, and so to, to kind of ask the naive question of like, what's, you know, what can we do to help or Hey, what's going on? Um, really helps me get feedback from the parents. It was really useful. Um, we do, I think we're expected to, I think I haven't read through this document we just got yesterday. Um, <laughs> if we're, meant, we're meant to compute, communicate with parents, um, I think this week about if we're going to have different office hours than the Beijing ones. Um, cause we were kind of, we were told that like, remember as well, just how, how we were talking about the students needing a regular school day. Teachers also need a regular school day. Like you, you also cannot be sure. on your email all day. Like you 100%. can't just constantly. So, um, the plan is to kind of just get all the parents emails from, um, from power school real quick and just send, send off and say, Hey, I'm just heads up. I told the kids already, but I'm in Phnom Penh. This is the time you can talk to me. I'll get back to your emails. If you send it overnight, I'll get back when I wake up. Um, you know, and just be communicative with me. Let me know when you're, when you're traveling and you don't have internet. And high school kids have been pretty good about being responsible and kind of letting sure. me know. I think if I were teaching middle school again, I would have sent the email, like everything would have CC'd the parents into it right away or sure. BCC'd. Like it would not have been, it would have went right there first. Um, but these high school kids, I felt like were, have been able to handle it pretty well. So. Sure. Uh, last question for you, uh, Hannah, if you could go back and you could prepare for this situation, 
let's say that you knew it was coming and you could prepare for it, what would you have done differently or, or what could you um, give, what advice could you give to teachers who are in uh, Korea, Japan, Philippines that are in a situation, Thailand, to where maybe their schools are considering what should we do? Um, what are some of the things that if you knew this was a possibility, what would you have done differently? Goodness. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely would have, I think, had kids try some apps at home, give like sure. a test run, try them at the place that you would do work if this were to happen, although we would never know exactly where that would be. Right. Um, but give it a try first. Let me know what's, what are the biggest problems with this app. So, for example, had some issues with Flipgrid, like... Maybe 10% of my students I'll get an email from if I have a Flipgrid assignment saying, oh, it's just not working. And, and I've had to kind of go through the same troubleshoot things with them. Um, I think trying, having them try them out at home and, and, and giving maybe like, you know, sending back a form, Microsoft form of like, okay, this is how well it went or this is where it was kind of spotty. I think that would be really good. Um, I, I think plan, trying to plan some synchronous, synchronous um, lessons would be something... I mean, that'll come down the road, but if this were only to be like a two-week thing, right? Let's say it was the only two-week thing that it was supposed to be. Like, it was originally only supposed to be out for two weeks of quarantine, and now it's right. extended it longer. Um, I don't think we could have got it together enough to do a synchronous lesson because sure. it just would have been not enough time to figure it out. So I think if I could prepare for it, if I were able to work with the kids in the classroom and prepare for it, I would try it out. Like, try it out while I'm there, see, or try it out while they're in Beijing and so then when they can come back to school next day say hey here's the problem I had or it didn't really work for me on this but if I try it in the night then we can troubleshoot and work with tech on that to make sure they can access it um, I think also planning for some non-tech things like you said uh, now that you now that you say that I, I totally I don't know I didn't like think like you're oh the kids are gonna literally be staring at the screen for so long <laughs> um, it, uh, I, I think planning for some of those and sending out readings that can be printed uh, would have been something would be nice. Uh, although I also understand that not all families have printers. Sure. Um, luckily our Lang and Lit, like for English, the kids already had their, their texts when they left for break. So I think that's um, been good for them. Maybe they get a little break from the screens there, Perfect. but yeah, those kind of things. Um, yep. So Hannah, sure I, uh, I, I have appreciated you um, being able to kind of talk from an IS Beijing perspective and um, how the attitude definitely has been a uh, team, how the attitude has been, we're here to support each other. There's collaboration. Um, some things that you said, you know, I, how can I help? Um, and, I, and I think being able to kind of have that kind of focus towards something like this, whether it be for team members or whether it be for families or students, um, giving feedback to students, giving feedback to your administration, all those things are unbelievably important uh, during a time like this. And uh, it sounds like you've had a good start to this. Hopefully it doesn't last much longer. Um, but maybe uh, whenever you're back at IS Beijing another time, we can uh, check back in and we can say, uh, how did it finish? You know, how did it go? Um, what are some things yeah. that you learned that uh, were, were longer um, term things? Um, and definitely, what did you do during that time that you're now incorporating into your class? So maybe there's some uh, lead-in questions for next time. But I definitely appreciate you taking time to join us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And in, uh, enjoy the rest of your time in um, Phnom Penh, especially all these wonderful cafes that you get to experience. Yeah.
All right, team. Uh, that's going to be it for our conversation with Hannah Day. Um, we're going to move into the cool down. Thanks for joining us. Hey, team. Great work out there today. Now, what can we take away? What can we learn from this experience? What can we use from this podcast? Let's do the cool down. Hey team, there's not a lot to add to this one. As Hannah pointed out, the really only way to make a situation like this work is through collaboration, trust, and flexibility. Collaborating with people who are familiar with technological integration that maybe you haven't tried out yet. Being willing to try those things out in your classrooms with your students. Trust that your administration is doing what's right by kids. Understanding that your administration is in this situation similarly to how you are. That ultimately everyone is seeking feedback from everyone in this situation. Schools are trying to figure out from other schools what's working for them. Reaching out to families, students, parents, teachers to try to figure out how can we make this work for our learning community. Ultimately focused on what's best for kids. And last, flexibility. What do we do for those teachers who are in Europe and those students who are in South America and our school, even though maybe nobody is inside the walls, is in China? Definitely communication plays into that. I definitely believe that through Hannah's story that the International School of Beijing team is on the right path. It'll be interesting to check back in with Hannah after all of this is over to kind of see what she's learned. Until then, keep leading. Thanks for listening to Leading International School Teams podcast. Remember to like, share, and follow the list on Twitter and Facebook. Share the podcast with your friends. If you would like to reach out or comment or give feedback on the show, email me at michaelcalebernest at gmail.com. Until next time, keep leading.